catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Salutations, but you know he's out this week, so you're gonna get me kind of throwing it a little different, the cur- throwing the curveball instead of the changeup or the fastball, whatever he wants to say. Um, but welcome to Pod Is War. I am now the one talking, not the Velvet Pipes, but I am the Snowflake Balls, Andrew Belaz, and we do have our usual moderator, Mister PC Tony. You want to chime in with your hoy hoy? Chips ahoy! There we go. But we have a, a guest host, the most guest host, the he- guest host with the most. Now, it's been a hot minute since I've talked to him, so I hope COVID timeline hasn't changed too much, because I remember him being quite gentlemanly, but a little violent. So let's see if anything's changed with Mr. Aesop Mitchell. Oh, hello, everyone. So is that still accurate? How are we doing? Uh- Oh, I mean, it's it's fairly accurate. I haven't really gone as a violent gentleman in a hot minute. Uh, it's COVID timeline. You know, it's been a hot minute. You know? I get it. I get it. I've uh, I've actually completely re- redone myself. I have now become the white whale of professional wrestling. Uh, so, are yeah. you billing yourself at like over three bills or six bills, like uh, like what uh, Crash Holly did? You oh, whoa, a- whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa! Oh, oh, we're not, not going there. Not that type of whale. Oh, jeez! No, okay. no, no! White whale, baby. Those are that's something that people hope to achieve. Uh, it's, it's a it's an unattainable future, or like accomplishment. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Think about it. Think about it. Ahab had his white whale, right? Ah. Uh, Aesop is his own white whale in a way. I am. A human embodiment of the brass ring, so to speak. Ah, yes. Also, yes. I was very uh, confused with the intro song, because uh, yeah, I suggested it, right? <laughs> I want to know why they they kept the word drug, but they bleeped out the word dealer, which is very odd to me. Um, sorry. 
I just had to get that out before. It's because it's it's like Ritz and Roids. They're both drugs, but one's okay and one's frowned upon. So it's Ritz, not Roids. Drugs are okay, but if you're a dealer, you're not working at GMC. Uh, See well, how that is? If you're at GMC, aren't you technically a drug dealer of some uh, sort? Sh- you're an employed person. You're an associate of GMC. All an employee. Right. All right. You okay. get employee of the month for selling the most. Not drugs. Product. <laughs> Product. Which, which is drugs. <laughs> it could be other things. Don't they have, like, anything else there? They probably uh, they, they have. They have, like, uh, energy drinks. There we go. Or, like, energy bars, like the protein I'm, bars and stuff. With drugs, with drugs in them. I'm technically a, uh, uh, like, was it Rise? Is that what it's called? Rise, uh, like, uh, brand ambassador or something like that. Oh, really? Is that, looking, is that energy drink, energy bar? What is it? Energy drink or energy supplement company. Really, I just got it so I got the discount on the product itself, which is fantastic. I haven't had to do Jack Diddley squat, but... <laughs> You too can be an ambassador and get a discount. Yeah, like there's, I said, I there's even, a whole I way you can work that into the whole white whale thing, though, because like the white whale rising up, that kind of thing. There you go, it's Look, all there. That's that's work, and I'm not going to do uh, that. That's, okay, okay. I, that, that's fine. That's fine. I understand. That's kind of how we do this podcast too. And you've been on it, you know. So since we don't really like to do too much work, uh, Tony, can you you steer us in a direction to to get something? <laughs> I, I could definitely steer you in a direction. Before we do that, I just want to let mm-hmm. everybody know they're listening to Pot is War right here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of thechairshot.com, where we encourage you to always use your head. Sports mm-hmm. entertainment and sports entertainment, we got you covered. And maybe you want to head over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot. Pick yourself up a Chairshot t-shirt. Make yourself look more aesthetically pleasing when you're out and about. They make a great gift as well, I must tell you. So... Just had to inform the folks on that, and maybe we take a real quick commercial, and we'll be right back right after this. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. So, gentlemen, hell in a cell hath happened this past weekend, and we had a record four cell matches over three different evenings. We got a cell match on SmackDown. We got an extra cell match on Raw, and we had the two cell matches at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. What are you guys' thoughts on them pretty much basically taking the main event of all of wrestling right now, Roman Reigns off of the pay-per-view card. DP from from uh, DWI Podcast said that this is the last time they're going to be able to do that. They're going to start having fans coming to these shows. There's no way you would take Roman Reigns off of that card at the, the point in time in which they did if you had fans showing up for that show on Sunday. But what are your thoughts as to that move before we actually get into the pay-per-view? DP brings up a great point. Like they're they're playing in that space that they can play in now since they're still in the Thunderdome, no fans, free kind of rain kind of moment. And 
it's it works. It works with the character he's thrown together where he just doesn't give a fuck. He's he's the tribal chief. He's the head of the table. He does what he wants when he wants. Like he'll he'll let people have their their championship match right after an elimination chamber. He'll start a match just you know, start start the show just to get out of the fucking show when he wants to get out. And if he doesn't want to show up on Sunday, motherfucker doesn't show up on Sunday. So it's good for him. I think it progresses the character and it kind of also works in that heel kind of manner that they want to push. They want him to get booed for good reasons. So even with fans, maybe they could get away with that once in a blue moon. If Reigns really like talk shit and gets it across. So then people, maybe it gets the vitriol up, it gets the rage and then maybe raw or SmackDown's really hot for the next time he pops on. Cause he's Reigns. He could, he could flow through brands if he wanted to. No one's going to tell him he can't show up on Monday. So it's interesting what they're going to do. I don't know. We'll check it out eventually because I, I will start watching wwe again regardless of how blase i am about it but i mean i don't think reigns and mysterio was going to save that card anyway from how it went out but asap what what do you think about the whole you know rain situation well first of all three uh, sorry four hell in the cell matches far too much we don't need all that mm-hmm. um you know the that is the the common uh, error of WWE is that they just take these gimmick matches, put it as the title card of a show, and then beat the living hell out of it for you. Um, now, I also think that with Reigns moving to Reigns Mysterio, I should say, getting moved to Friday Night SmackDown, I kind of understand why they did it. You know, they said they wanted to make sure that they beefed up ratings for SmackDown. At the same point, I mean, you're certainly not making your main clientele happy um, it, because uh, why did you want to watch Hell in a Cell, you know, in the first place? I would assume on everyone's list of, you know, top matches, probably one or two would have been Reigns and Mysterio, right? Realistically. And now you have to suffer through a commercial ridden smackdown on friday night on fox you know whatever so i'm i i understand but again it's a to me it's like 75 percent thought out plan and uh you know wwe is very good at not thinking things all the way through was it more of this is the last chance we can do something like this because of the fans, so let's throw a quick bone to Fox and beef up the TV rating? Or do you think any of it had to play a part of, well, if we, we can do this now and this will allow Sunday for more more lesser storylines to play in the main role, right? Like you actually got Bobby and Drew to be the main event, right? You actually talked about... Bianca and Bailey, which I thought was one of one of one of the more decent matches as well this weekend. I it's just really hard for me to tell which way they were thinking on this, you know. Well, I won't say that they're not able to do it. You know, look, WWE is still WWE. No, but to... like you can't you can't argue with the fact that if there were going to be fans at the pay per view on Sunday, there's no way last minute like four days before the show and all these people bought tickets to see Roman Reigns, they pull him off that card. There's not a chance in hell. Well, here's the thing. People uh, bought those tickets before it was set for Mysterio and Reigns, right? True. So if you really wanted to, 
you could have had, say there are fans over the past month, right? Hell in a Cell is already sold out a month before the pay-per-view is actually set. Still no actual opponents. Maybe that you even start this build of Reigns and Mysterio at Hell in a Cell, or maybe not, whatever. And then Friday Night SmackDown happens, and you have Reigns come out, cut this uh, promo, or have Heyman cut this promo, talking about he's above uh, he's above Hell in a Cell. That SmackDown is the what what is he the head of the tables household, right? So he wouldn't even dare spend time at Hell in a Cell. So in lieu of his Hell in a Cell match, he's going to uh, gift everyone a match tonight. That Hell in a Cell match right at, you know, whatever, at 8.30. And you're going to see him take on Rey Mysterio and eventually win. You know, that gets him heat. That beefs up the crowd. Again, no one's going to lose money at that point because they're going to still have all those tickets sold already. And if you honestly think that they're going to lose that much fandom, I, I think you're mistaken. The next show will still be sold out, and the next show will still be sold out. I'm not saying you're going to lose the fandom, but you're, you're not... <laughs> You're not helping things with the people that just paid to show up to this arena because the other thing about with the way you played it is you'd definitely still have him show up to the pay-per-view anyway to get his ass booed by the people that he screwed over. You know, and there is always that too. You can easily make a storyline out of that. And uh, like Ball said, like that's uh, that's what heels do, right? They give you emotion. They create emotion for the crowd to get behind in some way, shape, or form. And you can't tell me that wouldn't elicit some of the biggest emotion around. And, you know, God help WWE, it would be different. And, you know, Lord knows they need a shot of that in the arm. Hella bad. I can't really argue any of that. (laughs) <laughs> Let me ask you guys a question, because I think we would all agree Roman Reigns and this storyline in which he's been sitting in as far as the head of the table has been easily the best thing in WWE. Is there anybody else doing a better job at being a heel or just being over than Roman Reigns right now altogether in in the entire wrestling universe? A wrestling universe or WWE? I'm talking outside of WWE as well. Man, I mean, it's hard to know with the uh, the lack of crowd, but Kenny Omega still gets a pretty solid reaction with, what, a tenth of the arena sold out. I know a lot of that is the, uh, you know, the, the talent around the area, but, you know, it, it can't. There's no way away from a name. There's no way you can put Kenny Omega on the level of the amount of no. character work Roman's doing right now. It's just Kenny Omega pales in comparison. He's not even in the best character on his own show right now, in my opinion. Kenny Omega well, is pale in comparison too. <laughs> I'm just saying you're still trying to take away from uh, someone who is a phenomenal wrestler as well. It, it's hard to it's hard to even make this uh, comparison because we don't have uh, any crowd out there. So 
it, you know, how can we judge this? Because don't forget, if you did have this going on, not only would Omega be on AEW, but he'd be on Impact as well, you know, getting twice the amount of heat. So I, I Or like 110% because, you know, twice is a bit much. Impact well, doesn't draw that much. You know what I mean. <laughs> I think the only one close to Roman, honestly, when it comes to perceivable heat, because they've had fans and they've had attendance for almost a year now, it's been about seven or eight months, is uh, Japan with Jay White. Jay White has gotten over quite well being a smarmy heel because after his Wrestle Kingdom loss and where he's basically crying and just defeated, he won a lot of fans over and they started wanting to kind of rally for him. And then he quickly turned that after he came back from his like month-ish hiatus. And they still kind of play into it, which gives him something to play off of. And then they feed back into him. So it's it's and- mute, obviously, because they can't make as much noise as a Western crowd. But I think he still gets the most per- the most tangible reaction that we can kind of perceive now. I mean, I could put Pat McAfee on there just because I despise Pat McAfee. Oh, Pat McAfee's fantastic, though. Like, yeah, I, I don't. He, he is fantastic, but he's an yes. asshole, and you don't like him. Be, you know, and I don't, you can't. I, I like him because he's an asshole, but that's that's kind of the fun part. Or, or even Adam Cole. You know, Adam Cole. I could think he gets you know pretty solid heat, but again, I I can't be sure. I I don't know. Cole gets that cool guy tweener kind of heat where people like to sing his song and scream baby and cheer him just because it's quote unquote cool which is the other issue I have with like Omega because as much as people want to boo him if it wasn't assisted by the locker room it wouldn't really be boos it would be cheers because the fans of AEW are very very much fans of the elite and the young bucks and Kenny so they're not gonna want to shit on that too much Let's get into another of the big storylines, and this was the main event from Hell in a Cell. Drew McIntyre fails, loses to Bobby Lashley. Definitely some interference there, some some shenanigans going on. But how do you guys feel about the pivot now? Kofi Kingston challenging Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship and, and the storyline we're seeing there, because looks like Drew's completely out of the picture. I do believe he lost to Riddle in a Money in the Bank qualifying match, so... How, how do you like the dynamic of Kofi chasing Bob Lashley? It's fine. Like, they had to get away from Drew and Bobby somehow. Like, that got a little ridiculous. Even, the matches were never bad. But, like, it it got tedious after a while. And this was, what, the fourth match they've had? And they always end in something kind of stupid. or if, And it's like, ugh. So, I don't really appreciate the fact that we not had another bullshit Hell in a Cell finish where Hell in a Cell used to be the kind of blood feud finisher and the concept was put it in the cage so people wouldn't get involved aside from the two that were supposed to finish and squash the beef. But WWE hasn't done a like real legit main event Hell in a Cell without bullshit in a long time. So, I mean, the best one they've probably done in the last couple of years was what the tag one with the New Day and the Usos. Like that was probably the best one they've done in current memory but yeah i expected this to be a little bullshitty but kofi gets another push that's good that could always lead into what we discussed last week about mvp finally getting his ear if he fails against bobby enough and a heel turn for kofi is possible and then 
we shift the dynamic a little bit when fans come back in. So there, there's a lot of good stuff there. Yeah, it's a, it's not going to be a bad match. I mean, we all know Kofi Kingston's one hell of a wrestler. Mm-hmm. I have admired him for and been singing his praise for many a year. Um, so that's good. And it's honestly, it's a different opponent for Bobby Lashley as well. You know, someone that's more high flying and fast as opposed to, you know, a brute, I guess, a brutish brawler that is Drew McIntyre. So it'll be good to have that dynamic. Um, I, I do kind of wonder what that means for Xavier Woods. Um, you know, I, he seems to have gotten like a mini write off, uh, you know, because of this, but you know, we'll kind of have to wait and see because they've been toying with the new day for, you know, God knows how long. And, uh, maybe this is finally that last straw to break it all up. Could be, especially since Xavier's doing that G4 stuff now, you know, furthering the video yeah. game side of his career. So, and to uh, to what you had said before, Hell in the Cell isn't the same because there is no blood. Um, that that is yeah. a major dynamic that WWE has taken away uh, on purpose. You know, obviously mm-hmm. accidents happen, but without that blood and emotion, you know, it, it doesn't really have the same level of intensity is a way to fix that. I know you, you might not necessarily get the blood just because that, then that's the big problem with WWE not having their own network, right? It's like they could have done whatever they want on the network. Now it's kind of a peacock thing. We've already seen them go in and abbreviate some of the things that you're available to watch and what actually happened on those things. But as far as the hell in a cell and the elimination chamber and the things of that nature, would it be better to go back to have those things just randomly popping up at otherly named pay-per-views? No more naming it that, but like, hey, no way out. Yes. We need an end of a feud. Uh, uh, yeah. Let's bring yes. in the Hell in a Cell for mm-hmm. this, right? Stop a million talking. percent. Yes. Yes. yes, yes, a million percent. You don't need to say anymore. Honestly, they should have done that uh, before Peacock. Uh, they should have did that with the WWE Network. Also, they wrote off the blood long before this uh, Peacock deal as well. They, oh, they, yeah, yeah. They have gone full-blown PG for quite some time and just refuse to do anything truly hardcore. Uh, You know, that's one of the draws that AEW has been getting over that is that it's, you know, kind of that, uh, that new school mixed with the old school. WWE is just WWE, I guess. You can't even label it as anything else. Yeah, it's sterile comparatively, and that's not what people remember. That's not what people like. So it it comes off boring just because Aesop put it well that you don't get that emotional investment because if people aren't visibly in pain in, in a weird sense, like if they're bleeding, you know that hurts to some degree. You know, you can get punched and go, oh, like, okay, that, that only sells so well, depending on how good your acting is. But if you're cut, if you're you're lashed up, if all that other stuff, it's visible, people get more invested. I mean, shit, that's why Cody's been over the moon since, you know, he did the whole AW thing, because, you know, he thinks he's dusty, and he thinks it's the 70s and 80s, because he bleeds in every fucking match, and people put it over. So, it's, it's kind of the same concept. But, we'll see. Um, I agree, though with your point of we need to take the gimmick match name out 
Like I, I hated it when what Money in the Bank became its own thing. I liked that so much more when it was just a, a gimmick match during what Mania and Hell in a Cell just being a blow off match would be nice and Elimination Chamber. Oddly enough, that kind of works as a pay per view, just because that's it's so bulky big. and that. Yeah. But it's just so bulky and so awkward that it's like Survivor Series where I don't mind that as a gimmick, but everything else I would rather it be just a match in a bigger card instead of a pay-per-view based around it. Uh, the the problem, problem... No, go ahead, Aesop. Uh, I was going to say, the problem with that uh, has always befallen uh, elim- Elimination Chamber is its placement in the year. Uh, yes. Being right before Mania does nothing for it, because you're rarely going to see any sort of surprise happen. If mm-hmm. it got moved to the fall, uh, you know, maybe like... I don't know, maybe well, like in between the, SummerSlam and Survivor Series, I but guess. The way to keep it there and, and have it mean more is, okay, you can win the Royal Rumble and you can get a main event at WrestleMania, right? Now, there's two champions. So the other way to get a main event, you could turn it into the ultimate number one contender match and not have it for a belt, right? Mm-hmm. I think they did that some years, and those were actually a terrible idea. Right, but it makes makes me a little more sense as opposed to, okay, we already know who you want to be the champion at WrestleMania by the time February comes around on both sides of the coin. Mm -hmm. So, uh, speaking of different things coming around, what are you guys' thoughts on a possible John Cena match, Edge coming back for SummerSlam, and the imminent return of Becky Lynch? Why don't you guys give your quick thoughts on those three things before we head off of the WWE train? I mean, we know Cena's coming back because if we've seen the highlights from the Chris Van Vliet interview he did a couple days ago, like Van Vliet threw it out there and said, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, right? And Cena didn't really balk at it. He goes, yeah, basically, you're right. Like, it's, there's, I'm always going to go back to it at some point. I just don't know when it'll fit into the schedule right now. So... Cena's going to come back. At the moment, he seems like he was putting over Reigns in the current group for doing a good job kind of holding it down. But that's going to happen. I mean, you're not going to blow it, you know, at a, at a nothing pay-per-view. Like, maybe SummerSlam he comes back. Maybe Royal Rumble, if they can work that into his schedule between Fast 9 and whatever the hell else he's doing. That would be a good way to bring him back just as a uh, surprise entrant in the Rumble or as a just a challenger for Reigns because I don't really think he needs to win a Rumble just to get a championship match because he's John Cena. So that would kind of work itself out. And then the winner of the Rumble faces, you know, the WWE champion because there's they're still a belt to go after. So it's not like that invalidates anything. As for Edge, I like the angle they've been shooting with having him go against Rollins. That'll be a solid match. And as long as there's no buckle bombs, Edge ain't going to get hurt. <laughs> and yeah. Becky, I mean... The women's division's in a weird spot. So it needs Becky, but I don't know where the fuck she fits. Yeah, uh, I'm, I don't need Cena. I don't need Edge. As much as I do think, uh, agree with you, that Edge would probably have a very good match with Rollins. Um, you know, Becky is a different story. Like, that's a, that whole situation is just an enigma altogether. Mm-hmm. Because, like, the women's division is definitely struggling. Um, they, if it's not uh, Charlotte holding the belt, it really doesn't have too much of a strong presence, uh, in in my opinion. Um, 
Yeah, I could be wrong. I take it back because uh, Bianca Belair has done a fantastic job uh, as well. I, I was mainly talking in the, on the Raw side of things, which I do believe is where Becky would probably drop back in. Oh, yeah. That, well, they, they cut Rhea's legs out right from under her recently. Yeah. So, like, it, it doesn't make any sense that you'd bill her as this nightmare and this powerhouse. And then you just have her get fucking completely manhandled and have to cheat just to, you know, save her title. Like, it, yeah. it's it's stupid. And, uh, again, going back to Cena, Fast 9 is, like, releasing on July 25th. That is pretty damn close to SummerSlam. Uh, I, I would assume that's where he probably pops in to kind of uh, get that popularity off of that movie as well and, you know, kind of tie in, because, you know, WWE loves to do that tie-in shit. Oh, yeah, you love the zombies, right? <clears throat> oh, dear God. <laughs> Never again. Yeah, that was that was brutal. Although, I, I got to give it to the Miz in the wheelchair gimmick he's running right now has been pretty freaking awesome. A very, very fun part of, of Raw for me. Uh, anyway, let's take a quick commercial break. We have one other wrestling thing on the docket today, and then we're going to delve in at the end of the show to the man, the myth, the legend, the psyche. The maze of a brain of the white whale, Aesop Mitchell. We shall return. Don't go anywhere. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thecheshire.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thecheshire.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Welcome back. You are listening to Pod is War right here, Chairshot Radio Network on thechairshot.com. Always use your head and head on over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot. Gentlemen, there are rumors of Sinclair trying to run ROH at MSG once again. Andrew, you brought up the point that this could be a tough road to hoe considering the relationships they have throughout the Wrestleverse at this moment in time. Can you break down your overall in-depth thoughts on this situation. <laughs> Fuck ROH. Anyway, aside wow. from that, <laughs> you, that, you know that's your gimmick, like your Jim Cornette thing. But, Fuck Jim Cornette. Uh, exactly. I don't know, man. Like, why would he even say that? Like, Sinclair has so little involvement in ROH most of the time, and now the CEO wants to run his mouth about, oh, in the not-so-distant future, we could totally run Madison Square Garden. No, you can't. Like, New Japan sold out Madison Square Garden because they were still going off of the fame and the the Western hype train of the Bucks and Omega, and people weren't sure if they were going to resign. And even though they left by that time, the tickets were still sold. The place was still packed. I know I was there and people went crazy for Okada, Jay White, you know, when Liger came out, when Muda came out for the rumble, nobody really gave a shit about, you know, Matt Taven winning. I think most people went up to get a Break, you know, get a snack or get a beer, which <laughs> that was ridiculous because it's like a $13 fucking Michelob over there. So I, I didn't get a beer. I just stay there with like a water, which was like also $6. That's ridiculous. Not the point, though. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, and then people remember that more for Enzo and Cass being a bunch of fucking assholes and basically taking the piss out of the tag team ladder match because they just showed up and it was an ROH idea that nobody liked, which is why Enzo <laughs> and Cass went into like fucking like oblivion after that for like a good couple months because 
they were pariahs and no one wanted to be anywhere near that. So I don't know. ROH is not in a good spot right now with their relationships. Like CMLL dropped off from there. New Japan hasn't exactly been cozy with them. So I don't know, man. Like what what gives them the the swing or the mentality to think that they were what sold that out? Sop any any illuminations? I, I don't necessarily disagree with you <laughs> there. Um, I, I think the only thing that they have going for them, if they can snag uh, Madison Square Garden soon enough with, uh, you know, like crowds finally being able to come back, maybe there are that many people that crave wrestling. But honestly, I have no clue how they do anything more. I, I mean, it. it they they basically uh, just signed a whole bunch of indie talent, so they don't even have, you know, too much established wrestling, you yes. know, like they did the last time they ran it. Uh, and, and that's no knock to anyone on the show, you know what I mean? Uh, it's just the truth, you know. People have to see the the new talent and get used to them to really uh, have any sort of feeling, you know, outside of a general look of someone like. You know, Maxie Impaler, who's obviously someone that's like a, a presence. But, you know, you you look at the other people that have signed it, like, what, Tony Deppin? I mean, he looks like a like mm-hmm. a creator wrestler. He's nothing yes. super gimmicky, you know, whatever. But, yeah, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I think it's more posturing than anything. You know, you can't necessarily say that you're going to uh, have the first overall pick in the draft this year. You have to pretend like you're uh, gonna try to win a championship, right? <laughs> I, I guess so. Yeah, I guess even the Jets don't think they're gonna go like two and fifteen every year. So, I guess that's that's a. Point. And lo and behold, and <laughs> they still figure it out. They're so good at being shit. Just oh, no, like- they're they're not. They they are so bad at being shit that they lost the number one pick. True. And gave it to the Jaguars. True, true. They're shit, but they're not as shit as they should be. <laughs> oh, crap. I don't know, man. But it's it's weird. And that, it, that also kind of tells you how kind of the week is gone. Because, you know, we record this on a Wednesday, even though this goes up on Thursday. And there hasn't been a lot of shit to talk about that we're talking about. Rumor and speculation from... ROH of all things like it's bad when I bring up an ROH topic just to have something wrestling oriented to talk about just as a point but oi oi Tony you know you're normally the biggest uh, proponent for ROH because I know you got a bunch of buddies that you know still work there have worked there in the past you got good relations so uh, what, what anything I just anything it's just you know you hate to you hate to bag on anything really that hits too close to home, but how how far they've fallen from you know uh, what? How, how long ago? Well, it wasn't too long ago that we were going. Well, this is the company that could challenge to be the real number two, right? The a couple few years before AEW was even coming about, you know, they were mm-hmm. working those big shows with New Japan, and that's just how quickly things can change. So it's just it's really interesting to me that that that's the way it goes, but. When you don't keep your talent and it all goes elsewhere, you know, you, you, you necessarily end up with not the most recognizable names, as Aesop kind of pointed out before, that make it hard for you to run a show of that big a nature. So 
the other problem for ROH is, you know, you could have newer, younger talent coming in and, and getting them over, but you're on a syndication deal where not everybody's going to be able to catch you. And some people may be able to catch you three times in a weekend. Some people not at all. Right. And it's really mm-hmm. hard, even though I can catch ring of honor every single weekend to actually follow. It's, I mean, it's not really hard, but it's harder than most other companies to follow their storylines. In my opinion, just because oh, of yes, the way the shows are taped because and put of out. Structure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and this indication doesn't help because you might not even catch the right episode the right week. Because sometimes you'll get the Tuesday show that you get is actually from last week, but then you'll catch one on Thursday that's for this week. And it's just, it's yeah. weird to have shows I'm, that close. And you're just like, what the fuck is going on? I'm surprised they couldn't find themselves a better, more, I don't know, all encompassing spot for them to put out their product when they were still at such a high level, right? It never seemed like they. They had know, HD net, and that was the height of ROH, in my opinion. And then that went to shit, and then that were on syndication since, what, 2009, 2010 ish? At least. Yeah. Yeah, they, they always kind of ran it more in a early TNA where, like, it was it's more or less a monthly pay-per-view at yeah. this point, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. With random spot shows sprinkled in here and there. Yeah, cause it's, you didn't uh, like again. the Fox Sportsnet version of TNA? You didn't love that? <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> Hermie Sadler was the shit back then. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, you know, they could at least hang their hat on having much better talent than early TNA did. So, <laughs> yeah, at least there's that. But I, I don't know. Like, like you said, ROH is in a weird spot. They're, they've pretty much stayed stagnant uh, in this ever-growing uh, business that is wrestling, right? Like, pro wrestling is n- has never been bigger than it has over the past, what, two years, I, I would say. It's never been any bigger. And that's saying something, right? You know, we have bigger as uh, in wider reaching than as in depth of fans, right? Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean it's it's everywhere. You can No, I you, no, th- I just wanted to clarify because some people were like, Oh well the Monday Night Wars did like ten million views every Monday and then people are arguing no, over five thousand on say... AEW. But I would but still I, say I, when like, the NWO and DX were battling at their peak though, that that was more that that more invaded pop culture than anything going on right now like like western pop culture right so right it depends on what we're talking about specifically but if so you talk to I roh Aesop's you're talking nationally not accessible and wider reaching along the world because in 90 the only like in 1996 the only way we knew of japanese wrestlers was because of wcw and their partnership with new japan like now you can watch new japan you can watch all japan you can watch noah ddt gambare pro tokyo joshi pro stardom sure. all at the click of a button but when you talk about about ROH, you talk about you're, you're thinking on a national level, considering they're not a, necessarily a global company, except for at the peak of their, you know, existence when they actually had a good relationship there. But they're still mm-hmm. at that point. It was not in, in depth into pop culture as much as that was back then, you, especially nationally here. Like you couldn't go anywhere without getting crotch chopped or for life, man. You know, that was everywhere. And that is true. But again, you don't have that singular product to uh, focus on, 
right? Their eyes are being spread and dispersed through what realistically 20 different companies. Yeah. Like, especially when you, at least, yeah. And I think that's probably being conservative. It might even be more than that. If you get into true nitty grittiness of it all, but like, you know, the diehards don't watch raw like that. You know, they go uh, much deeper. Like myself, I I'll watch British wrestling. I've said it every Mm -hmm. time I've been on here. Progress is great. I love progress wrestling. I, mean, I watch uh, like something more uh, West Coast, like uh, Defy Wrestling, which yep. is very good. And, you know, realistically, how many people watch that, do you think? But Over the top like, rope's not bad either for it, it, European. That's what I'm saying. Like, there are so, there's so much wrestling out there now. There's more that, access than ever. Yeah, yeah. And... So that that's why I, I get Sop's point, and I agree that it's easier to access, maybe for a smaller group of people, but the understanding is just so much wider. It's like a smorgasbord of wrestling instead of just going to your favorite restaurant because you like their chicken better than everybody else's. So I I, I definitely like Sop's point of you know wrestling kind of being having a bigger footprint, I suppose, in a weird way. Yeah, it may not be as deep of a footprint, but it's definitely bigger. Mm-hmm. So let's let's play the speculation game. We all like to do it. We're all fans of it. We all you're you're a wrestling fan. It's it's part of being your you're being in that fandom, right? So f- five years from now, WWE is still WWE. No one's questioning that, right? Sure. They're almost too big to fail right now. So who? We'll we'll stay nationally here. Who's number two five years from now? Is it still AEW, or does someone else come up and take that mantle? Depends on if AEW is still a company in five years. Well, I'm asking you guys to speculate on this question. At this point, I have no reason to doubt AEW. It seems like they're doing a lot of innovative stuff to bring in. Uh, fans, I know that they're not necessarily making money at this point, but mm-hmm. you know, with the way that they have shellacked people with their product, you know, not only having their main show, but having two, uh, I think, very good shows on YouTube that you know, eventually one of them is going to translate over to their what is it, Friday Night Rampage or whatever? I think it's what. It's yeah, called. yeah, I know. What you're you know, if that translates over and gets similar viewership as their main show right now, shit, man. You know, AEW is, I'm not saying going to take over, but you know, they're definitely on the radar of WWE at this point. There's no way that they're not. Yeah, but I feel like they're on that same radar the same way TNA was when they just decided to stop a plane from flying over during a pay-per-view or run counter-fucking commercials during, you know, if they If they had a problem, because... Jericho wouldn't have been on Broken Skull Sessions. Like... Well, yeah, and that that's kind of where I'm going, is that they AEW, wouldn't have... I'm sorry. as much as... Let me, let, let me put this other one out there. If they really had a problem... They would have found a way to put out WWE Hidden Treasures without Paul White and Mark Henry that just came out as well. So, like, they have mm-hmm. no—I don't think they really care, honestly. To I, don't, I think, I, they're, I think they're the reason they don't care, wall. though, to further that, 
is the fact that AEW has done things that a lot of the IWC and the hardcores like, but it hasn't expanded their their viewer base. The show debuted at 1.2 million, hasn't really broken that number. When it was NXT versus Dynamite, it, they were both at like seven, eight, nine. Even when you bring in Sting, when you bring you know bring in Mark Henry or Tyson or Shaq, it's still in that high nines. Maybe maybe you broke a million. I think they broke a million once or twice since, but it's not past that initial number that we know about. And their Friday numbers lately have been like 500k ish. So like if that's the rampage number and their normal show is still doing the 900 and we've seen that happen for what about almost two years now right so that's that's a little stagnant that that that's not a lot of growth for as much as they're throwing shit at the wall just yeah six. i get that but it's it's gonna be weird to see in five years time if something finally sticks and more eyes go that way or if they just burn the candle at both ends and you know, Shad Khan shows up and just kind of nixes the money train. I, I was speaking not so much to the effect that uh, they're going to take down WWE. It's more that AEW is staying number two. I have no True. faith in any other. That is, that is a low bar, though, buddy. Like... Well, it is. <laughs> it, but I'm but I'm just saying, like, realistically, well, then... who's can Who's we next? Let's change. Line? Let's Who's change number three. Let's change. That's the, actually a good question. Well, yeah. Is let's impact number three. Well, or here, is ROH number three. No, no, no. Opinion? Let me let me change the question. Who cares who's three right now? Who is the most likely to catch AEW then? Right. If you could see someone catching up to AEW, who would it be? I mean, Impact's riding their coattails right now, so the, yeah. impact, the answer's got to be Impact. So right, but at the same time, they're, they're sharing. Impact three right now because of the visibility with AEW, but I, I personally, I yeah. personally have an easier time finding Impact. Like, I, ROH is really that difficult to watch right now. I, 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 I mean, you have to do some deep diving. For, as an average person, I should say, uh, mm-hmm. to find Ring of Honor outside of YouTube and all that. Like, Impact, I can just go on and find some Impact shit. It pops up on my Facebook constantly. Ring of Honor doesn't pop up on my Facebook like that. I follow but, Ring of Honor on Facebook, and it doesn't pop up on my fucking Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I, again, it's, 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 it's on. You can watch it with an antenna three times a weekend. At like two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> no. Uh, you, go ahead, keep going. I'll tell you the time. To each other, so th- we're like this makes sense for ten you. minutes apart. Huh? We live about ten minutes from each other, pretty much. I would imagine. Oh, I, Fifteen. I, I figured y'all were pretty close. I didn't know you could spit on each other, but like. <laughs> hey, man! COVID. We can't do that. Yeah, you douche. If you enjoy it, you never know. CDC's <laughs> lifting things now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm not doing that. What's that? The program where the where they spit in each other's mouths and pound on each other? No, I'm not in for that. I'm out. We're no, we're no longer a ta- we're no longer a tag team at that point. Me, where'd not, you see this at? Not my kind of. Do you never saw the movie The Program? <laughs> no. no. What? Was that on Pornhub or was it on real television? Ah, no. uh, who's in it? It's James. I think James Caan is in it. He's the coach, and it there. It's a football movie. You have to have seen it. Stop. 
Wow. No, no even, look, even I don't know I was what this born, one is. I was born in 92. There's yeah, no he's way. younger than you. <laughs> Where's Platt when I need him? I mean, that is true. You two both don't do know some obscure shit. So, like, that's... that's and fun. I know some obscure shit. I don't even know this. Yeah, look, again, I, I just don't see how... How we can say that AEW collapses over the next five years to the point where they're not number two in the nation, right? I I just don't. We'll see, because remember, WCW only lasted about five years. About like ninety-five well, to one is six. I know how math works, well, but like roughly five before like that, the bills fell that's off. That's also the. That's also the. Uh, the Eric Bischoff iteration. WCW oh. had been around for a long time. Listen, before that. five p.m. Yeah, Saturday. Crockett before Listen, that. Technically, five, in the world class and all that stuff. Five p.m. on Saturdays on Channel eighteen, and nine p.m. on Saturdays on Channel twenty four. So there so you wow. go. Five and nine on Saturday when you could be out doing anything. You got to set else. your DVR, or your VCR, your you know whatever. You want five o'clock on a Saturday. Huh? Betamax, DVR, VHS, hooking up an 8-track, does that work? Actually, I have <laughs> this caveman who comes in, and he just has this big tablet of stone, and he kind of draws out each match and carves it in, and <laughs> I just kind of, I look at it, and my brain kind of just connects the dots for me. He draws a really, really short guy, and you're like, oh, Jonathan Gresham was on the show, there we go. Wow. <laughs> wow. Hey. Wow. That's horrible. All right, well... Folks, we're going to take another quick break. We're going to come back, and we're going to delve into the psyche of the man who is our special guest today, the white whale himself, Aesop Mitchell. We shall return. Don't leave us. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Pod is War, ChairShot Radio Network, TheChairShot.com, ProWrestlingTees.com, forward slash TheChairShot, PC Tunney. Andrew Snowflake Balls Blaz and the White Whale himself, Aesop Mitchell. Thank you for coming on the show, Aesop. I want to start with how are you feeling about being in the podcast world now? You and your brother, I think you guys are excellent. I'm so glad you have joined the radio network with us, giving us another sports show to have. How are you liking the podcasting on the sports side of the game? Down the wire, every oh, week on thechairshot.com, every Tuesday night. We are thoroughly enjoying ourselves. Uh, this past episode, we had, uh, this, it was actually our 20th episode, so, like, kind of big, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not expect to be going, uh, you know, forever or anything, let alone 20 episodes. But uh, we had Chris Platt on. It was an absolute blast. I think it's probably our best episode yet, despite it being uh, recorded half a country away with my brother being in uh he's in california right now he's actually got an internship with the arroyo seco saints baseball team so he's been out there doing commentary and uh he's been doing like announcing or whatever like now entering uh but honestly it's probably one of our like the highlights of our week with something that we definitely look forward to and it's I think it's decent content, man. Like, my brother knows what he's talking about. I like to think I know what I'm talking about. And, uh, you know, I I highly recommend that people check it out if you like sports. 
Yeah, one of the things I can tell you is when you're listening to a podcast, you you listen because of the people, not necessarily always the content. You kind of find the genre you're looking for and find someone to latch on with. And the fact that you guys are brothers, it doesn't really take any time. You know, I think you came aboard three or four episodes in, and I've been jumping in and out of listening to you guys here and there when I can. And that that chemistry is there. Right. That it's not fake. Right. It's it's easily it's easily done. It's it's one of the reasons we've been so successful on this show for Pot is War and and some of the other shows we have as well. So, yeah, I mean, kudos to you guys. I mean, the listeners should be tuning in and, and having a good time. You guys definitely keep me entertained. That's for sure. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Like I said, we we put in some good work for it and I, I think it's paying off. Uh, we, we've seen you know, an increase in listenership as we, the, the weeks have gone by. And, uh, so I, I like to think that, you know, the one person in Cambodia is thoroughly enjoying their podcast on a weekly basis. Where else would someone in Cambodia get their sports every week other than down the wire right there, Tuesday nights, the chairshot.com. I know you're talked about, you just starting to, we talked pre-show, you're going to start picking up on the wrestling schedule, but, how is the improv going? How is everything else outside of wrestling before we get to wrestling? I know you, you, you dabble in a little bit of artistry and things of that nature. So what's going on with Aesop Mitchell outside of the ring besides the brand new, exceptionally well-done podcast? My, uh, my improv life has not slowed down. We've been doing uh, remote shows, so people uh, either like will invite us in uh, as a private event, or uh, we've actually been doing online shows as well. I know we're about to wrap that up, though, relatively soon, because last week we were able to open our doors at Comedy Sports Milwaukee uh, after a 15-month hiatus. Um, nice. I- I'm going to tell you right now, I would not have bet a single dime that we were going to be sticking around that long. Uh, especially with the closures and the world that we lived in. But we have some fantastic people that really put forth a whole hell of a lot of effort, whether it be people like myself who are doing those remote shows, whether it be, uh, you know, like the people behind the scenes that were trying to file for every last grant and, uh, you know, whatever application known to man to get any type of money coming in. And uh, it really was tremendous last week. I got to do both of the two opening night shows and we had fantastic crowds. And I know the night after they had some great crowds too, because I went and I watched it with my family. Uh, And I'm just super ecstatic to have comedy sports back up and running because improv is basically my life but you know as much as i love wrestling and everything else i could never have done it without my improv career i would imagine it's easier to get out of bed after the next morning after a night of improv as opposed to um maybe like a lego library match or something like that i don't know what you're <laughs> i know you've dealt with oh, a couple you of haven't those yes ended yourself through a table on fire or anything like that yet i've tried to <laughs> I do. I more or less every time I do stupid shit like that, I just tell like, "Fuck it, let's go!" And then you know, swan dive right on in. 
But um, yeah, it's, it, improv is the whole reason why I'm anywhere close to being a wrestler, uh, and I, I give it so much more credit uh, than probably I should. But you know, that's where I how I feel about it. Okay, so off of that, I got a question. Do you workshop part of the white whale stuff through improv at all? Do you try to do you try to fit that in there just for fun, just to see how things go over, or do you try to keep it separate? Oh no, it's all separate at this point. Really? I, okay. Yeah. No, my dude, I'm I'm telling you right now, the most tiring thing about wrestling is being my gimmick. <laughs> being uh, being a character is exhausting, and pretty much once I'm done wrestling. I don't want to even think about being ASAP anymore. It's just that difficult. And, you know, of course, I keep it up throughout the entire shows. You know, it is somewhat of a, a part of me. But, man, it's it's freaking exhausting being being anyone but yourself for so long. No, that's fair. That is a fair point. Eh. <laughs> Tony, shut up. so i know you are talking we talked earlier you're you're looking forward to adding some more dates to the wrestling side what's coming up what can you tell us about what are you looking forward to um put out there put the name out there if anybody's listening that wants to you know make things happen out out and about for you but uh what's the word going on with the wrestling yeah this like this sunday i'm gonna be in lake geneva wisconsin for WFNW, we are, me and my tag partner, Aaron Arsenal, are taking part in the WFNW Tag Team Tournament Championship, uh, Tag Team Championship Tournament, rather. Uh, so that'll be fun. I know going forward, I got a whole bunch of fair shows just kind of sporadically across the Midwest. And then uh, at the end of August, uh, I will be, again, traveling with my partner, down to Chicagoland Wrestling, uh, ironically, in Indiana. So, but, you know, that'll hey. be... Chicagoland in Indiana. Well, it's even worse because it's Michigan City, Indiana. What the hell? I, yeah. Welcome to Chicagoland, Michigan City, Indiana. Yeah. What? That sounds like a... That sounds like... Man, Mac- that sounds is that like, like Ma- Miami of Ohio. Is this how we kind of yeah. work? Here? That sounds like Max. Sounds like Max Holiday territory where you're going down there. More or less, I think he is uh, relatively close around there. I I look forward to it. Uh, I talked with the promoter this past week. Seemed to have a uh, really good chat. So I, I think it's going to be uh, hopefully a relative. Uh, I should say a reoccurring uh, promotion for myself and uh, Aaron. Uh, and I'm also hitting up promotions galore. I'm trying to send out as much stuff as possible. I want to get out of Wisconsin. I need to wrestle elsewhere because, you know, who knows for how much longer I'm going to be doing this. And um, got to experience every last drop that I possibly can. You hear that, Greg DeMarco? Aesop Mitchell wants a piece of IZW in Arizona. There you go. Huh? There you go. Please. I got family out there. It'd be great. There you go. Aesop, I want to thank you for uh, coming on the show, being a part of the network. I wouldn't tell you on air or to, or you know off air that you were doing a good job with that podcast if I didn't think so. You and your brother got some real good stuff going on there. So why don't you let everybody know 
where they can find you all over the social medias and when they can listen to Down the Wire. Absolutely. Uh, so, Aesop Mitchell on Facebook. You can go type it in, A-E-S-O-P, Mitchell, two L's. And I am constantly on Facebook. Go on there. If you go on to Twitter, I am at Violent Aesop. Hit me up on there. I rarely use Twitter, but I respond very quickly. So there's good news there. Also, I'm on Instagram at the Cream City Traveler. I post lots of stuff on Instagram too. Feel free. Uh, and Down the Wire comes on every Tuesday, uh, whether it be on Podbean, on Apple Podcasts, but of course, thechairshot.com. Uh, please give us a listen. It's only about an hour long, and it's a lot of fun from start to finish. Brother, I appreciate you. We'll have you back on sooner than later. My name is PC Tunney. You can follow me at PC Tunney on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for everybody listening to the Chair Shot Radio Network on all of your favorite streaming platforms. And, of course, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the Chair Shot. Grab yourself a Chair Shot t-shirt. Mr. Snowflake Balls Belaz, I just want to play one thing for you before we get out of here, and then you, you can just take have us. To fit it in, don't you? I well, that's what she said, isn't it? No, should we leave it? Should we leave it out then? Should we not do it? I mean, do it. Want some blue cheese? No, you can't really butt chug blue cheese. You know, the alliteration's nice, but it don't work. Take us home, brother. <laughs> you find me on IWC War Chief on the Twitter, and writing different stuff, usually Japanese promotions and you know just just recently covered the cyber fight festival that they did that had four different promotions between tokyo joshi pro noah ddt and gambare it was a lot of good fun saw some historic stuff with marafuji beating muda for the the ghc title and a bunch of other good stuff with well-known names new names obscure names tani has something to say global honored crown i'm learning hey you Good job. But uh, anyway, so Japanese stuff is what I've been kind of focusing on lately because wrestling's been in a weird spot. But anyway, find that all on thechairshot.com and find all of the wonderful podcasts we have that you've already heard a bunch of people talk about. Down the Wire, DWI, our new anime podcast. Yes, yes. Shout out to Matt. Matthew, who does a lot of the other Japanese coverage, so and his friend Ethan, so we we we're, we cover everything: sports, anime, wrestling. Bandwagon Nerds covers all of the TV and the movies for the different fandoms and nerddoms. So, Chairshot Radio Network, thechairshot.com. It's all good shit. It is. It really is. And uh, I guess now is probably about the time when Chris would say, "Hit it, Carly." Shalom. Yeah, that would work. Sure. No Carly, though. Just Shalom. Carol. Nah. Charlie? Nah. And oh. the Chocolate Factory? Evelyn. <laughs> I'm just going to play it. We're going to play some Kiss. Play Beth. One, two, three, Absolutely. Nothing. Uh-huh. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.